Love, we got a big show for you today. JB, huge, huge. Nick Ritchie size. We've got a road kill by the Toronto Maple Leafs last night. Taking care of business, 3-0. We've also got secondary scoring out of the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> he still my heart. Secondary scoring. Someone not making 10 million bucks a year scored a goal for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Oh, man. That was really enjoyable. We also had yesterday in our show our very own JB predicting a 3 nothing score. I uh, went the opposite way just to be different. Yeah. But... You nailed it. I was actually thinking how generally unimpressive it is. We have three of us making a prediction like we should get pretty close between the three of us. But I'll take it. I'll take it as a win. You get extra points for a shutout, too. Yeah, I, that's a good point. I did call a shutout by Jack Campbell. Like we just threw out numbers, but you actually I got aggressive there. You got the number right and you got a shutout right. That was pretty good. So overall, uh, a good, I think... For me, anyways, I, I thought it was uh, Saturday night against Boston. We saw lives of, a, of, of some of the depth that the Leafs were hoping to get to a lot sooner in this season. But I thought last night, when you look at uh, the contributions from everybody in the lineup, that had to have been the, their most consistent from start to finish. Yeah, it was interesting listening to Sheldon's post-game conference, our third co-host, Sheldon Keefe. Uh, he, he said the, the phrase, clean win. He was describing the reasons that he thought they played well, you know, broke the puck out well, did this, did that, and clean win for us. It's like, yeah, that was kind of a clean win. Like, they didn't dominate or anything, but nice and tidy, good victory. You'll take that. I think that was a, a clean win. What are you suggesting now? We call this the real Kiefer and Bourne show? Is that what you is that is that where we're going here? I spent I spent enough years to know that he would not want to do that show with me. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> he had enough of you in the video room. Yeah, or what? I think we, we spent enough shoulder to shoulder times. You're you're turned to stomach me for a little bit. So yesterday I did hear a little bit that uh someone mentioned to me that uh John Tavares may not play. Again, and I'm like, well, he's... In the morning you heard that? Yeah, I did. Yeah. But I didn't even mention it in the show yesterday because he went and he was actually on the ice. So I'm thinking to myself, self, if he's not playing, why is he on the road? Why is he going for a one-off? Yeah. Why are you taking him down there? Whatever's ailing him. And if he was a game-time decision, why do you want to stick him on a plane? Why do you want to stick him in a on a... Bad mattress at a hotel. These are all good questions, by the way. And bring him home. Like I, I'm like, they can't. They, they wouldn't do that. He's playing. Sure enough, he's not playing. Introducing Kirill Semyonov. I don't know. And I guess, well, he's probably about 45th on the priority list for us to discuss today. But good for him to get in there. And he was excited. And he said all the right things. And genuinely happy for anybody that can experience... Uh, one game in the NHL, who knows where it leads, but... Do you, do you have a first uh, NHL game memory stands out? Well, mine was coming off of wa the waiver wire. So oh, yeah. I went from 
I went from being a member of the Philadelphia Flyer organization to playing against them. Same night? 48 hours later. Oh, wow. And I, my head was spinning. And, you know, I'm getting chirped everywhere yeah. by the Flyers. They do money on the board then, or is it that too early? Oh, God, are you kidding me? Not a chance. No, you weren't putting up your check. I'm getting, I'm getting more. I'm, I'm, this, You've just been this is day one. kebabs at the family. This is Blackie Hut. I'm in my first day of making NHL money. I've never right. done that before in my life. I'm supposed to put it on the board right now. Yeah, fair enough. Didn't even think about that. Good. Thank God no one mentioned it to me. <laughs> but, you know, the other thing that dawned on me, I'm like, I'm watching him and he, he looks young. Yeah. He looks really young. And well, I'm, he's 27. I'm, he just looks like I'm, I'm thinking to myself, hey, in two or three years, he could be... He could be... Retired? Retired? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. In two or three years, he could be 30. Yeah. For real. I thought he was like 22. He does have a very uh, baby face. Quite, I th- believe me, same thing in preseason. I was like, oh, nice little prospect here. No, he's 27. Played in Russia last year. Had 10 goals, 16 assists in the KHL last season. Point of game in the American League this year. So the the one thing that kind of stood out for me, JB, was uh, the way the minutes were allocated, and more importantly, that they were able to put a, a three nothing win. And we do know where the emphasis has been the last couple of weeks. It's been on their big uh, four, mm-hmm. and yet I looked at the end of the night and Marner under twenty minutes. Uh, Matthews, I think, also under 20 minutes, if I'm not mistaken. So it wasn't an overly taxing night on the big boys. And although I think Campbell ended up with, what, 38 saves, mm. it, didn't, it didn't appear to me as an overtaxing night for him either. No, so, I, I agree. So, which means that you you got more out of the roster, including what we talked about uh, yesterday was... Who's who's going to score in the secondary? And yeah. we know it was Kasha. Yeah, it's nice that you know. To your point, they didn't have to drag those guys through it. Um, you know, the we had the re, the return. Where do you want to start with uh, Willie Nylander? Talk about him a little bit because I, I he, right now, Kipper, I don't know if you know this. He is second in the NHL in shots behind Alex Ovechkin. This guy is pouring pucks on the net. He had five shots last night. Um, chances galore, you know, he let one slip on the breakaway, uh, you know, for the hat trick and had other chances too, to put the thing in for, to get three, but you know, he, it's not like he's dominant. We actually, we harped on him a little bit last week where his game was sliding a little bit, but man, just looks really dangerous and really eager to get that puck off. Do you want to listen to that clip? Actually, I want to listen to that clip from Austin Matthews talking about what makes Willie Nylander effective. Um, I mean, he when he's going, he's going, right? So when he's when he's skating, moving his feet, he's uh, he's dangerous all over the ice, and uh, he reads the play well. Obviously, his skills, skating, sees the ice well. He's easy to play with. So um, you know, he's been shooting the puck, I think, a little bit more, and it's obviously been going been going in. So um, you know, he's obviously a huge part of this team. So when he's going, it obviously makes it uh, a lot easier on us. What'd you get out of that? When he's moving his feet, the when. Part. The yes. when he's moving his feet, yeah, yeah. And, and 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 when he's not, yeah. he stinks. Yeah. He, he, he can't do anything else. When he's moving his feet, but when he is, we like him. Yeah, and when he doesn't, not so much. You know, I, I, I was a player that was kind of the same way. Obviously, a, you know, a minor league player, but you know, my effectiveness was totally determined on whether my I had the feet going. You can't fake it, man. Like some nights you have it, some nights you don't. I know it's frustrating with Willie, but. When his feet are moving like that, it's great. It's not just one when. 
Like Austin gave him three wins. He triple win him. Yeah, he, tri- <laughs> he tripled win him. Yeah, when, when when he's going, when, when? it's like this. So they're, you know, they're. I'll be honest. That feels like a little bit more leadership and captainly because it's almost specifying that I'm not giving this guy a blanket pass that he's a great skater and a great shooter. It's like he can be when he's going. That's important to and notice he has, the, the difference. I, I, we got to give him. He he has been better, and I liked him a lot early really early where he was physically pushing himself he's kind of off of that a little bit Mm -hmm. but he does have the ability he is he's stronger than he looks oh yeah really strong guy he's not Pasternak he'll never be Pasternak that guy's a mule plus he's got a little bit of a short fuse yeah which I really like but he he's not going to be that but he can be somewhere in the middle what did you think of the line as a whole last night because yeah ne- neilander's moving his feet yeah, yeah he scored twice um when he's know. going he's gone right <laughs> yeah, that's about it <laughs> what, what did you think of bunting matthews and, and neilander last night i asked for a reason i like bunting but it's pretty clear that he he cannot create Mm-hmm. as much as, say, a Zach Hyman. And that can be at times a little problematic, I think, for that line. Mm-hmm. Uh, will he always find a way to maybe get to the front of the net, maybe get a puck, either a redirect or a deflection or a, a shot on goal? Yeah. And I do think that he is capable of still scoring 15 goals this season if he if he can maintain a... a consistency and health and uh a top nine consistent position yeah but he's not heavy jb mm-hmm. to play to play a real role on a dominating first line you know i i see that too for sure i you know i take notes throughout the game and write my little up arrows and down arrows and over the past however many games they've been together there's a few times per game, and I should put a package together, where that line just doesn't seem to be on the same page. I know they have great players, and they've played, they've produced, and they've been they've been fine. But, like, there seems to be miscommunications, and I think it comes from the fact that Bunting's, what he is in the National Hockey League, is yet defi- not yet defined. Like, he's not going to be Zach Hyman that goes and just gets a puck and four checks. That's not what he's going to be doing, but they want him to do some of that. By the same token, in how many games he played in the league... 30-some games. He's almost a goal per every other game guy. So is he a finisher? You know, we talked about the clip where um, Sheldon said, we got to stay on him and have him hanging on to the puck more and trusting his skill. So, like, sometimes he's hanging on to the puck and trying to make plays. Sometimes he's a straight-line Zach Hyman guy. I honestly feel like right now it's a identity thing for bunting like what are you going to be and i'm not saying that's a negative but he's still finding out what he is and i think it causes some confusion on that line we are talking about the left side which was a little confusing from the get-go for the toronto maple leafs true and did it get a little sorted out with nick ritchie last night with his seven shots on goal uh seven shots the, the one thing that i i like about Nick Ritchie right now, it's almost as if he's he's playing with less weight on his shoulders. It doesn't appear that, uh, you know, he's pressing or he's feeling it like he did two weeks ago for one very important reason. I think 
the bar's been lowered for him. Great point. And the expectations are no longer there. He was JB right from the get-go. And we we just spoke seconds ago about bunting, but Nick Ritchie was the guy that was really supposed to replace Zach Hyman. Sure, he started with him, Matthews, and Marner. And now there's not, a, there's, not, there's not a person who's watching this team would ever think that that will ever happen. No. No, but I will say, watching him make a couple of plays last night, like let's say he got confident and you played him in a top six role, which is not ideal, but like he, that play he made on the goal, that, that backhand pass was really a play that most bottom six guys can't make, which is why he's such a perplexing, frustrating guy. But you got to also remember, this guy, in what, uh, seven years ago, mm-hmm. he was a top 10 pick in the National Hockey League. He was the 10th best 18-year-old in the world. We know there are some scouts that are morons, <laughs> but not all of them. No, you're right. Not you're all right. of them. You're right. Not he ever- was a top 10 pick. There is skill there. There is IQ there. There's somewhere in there, once upon a time, this guy was supposed to be a, a a very good player, if not a a star, maybe in the in the in the Lucic kind of role for the Boston Bruins in, in his theory, heyday. In theory, in th- of course, in theory, yeah. But right, right. but somebody saw skill. Someone saw that pass he made last night. It's like an assessment of tools. They were like, he's skilled and he's big. Therefore, therefore. You got to play the game. One plus one somehow ended up three up for Nick Ritchie. Yeah, and now he's got to he's got to find a a role to continue his career. And if it's a bottom six on occasion filling in on 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 a top line, then so be it. Yeah, but be damn good at it. You know, Keith talked last night about him. You know, plays didn't die with him, which is. All you're asking, they put him on the first power play unit and they want to know they have a guy that when he gets a touch, it's not like, and the movement stops or, and the creativity stops. And he was able to keep that going last night. Uh, Austin Matthews was asked about him after the game and had to say this about Richie's performance. Yeah. Um, Rich was great. Um, you know, he's uh, he's a big body out there and uh, he's really good down low with the puck and just shielding it and he makes plays. He's got really good hands and uh, he made an unbe- unbelievable feed uh, to Willie there on that power play uh, on his backhand uh, to set up that second goal. And uh, I mean, tonight he was uh, he was really going, I think, um, you know, for us tonight, I thought all four lines really just uh, played really well uh, for a full 60 minutes. I thought, you know, even in that third period up 1-0, we just came out and uh, we stuck to our game and, and just kept pressing and uh, we didn't give up too much. So I think that's all you could really ask for. See, I'm really pissed off if I'm Neilander listening to that. And I'm like, Austin, not one when Nick Ritchie. <laughs> yeah. He's gone, he's gone, right? Hey, like, that's good. That's you, a good drop. You didn't even give him one when. Yeah, when Ritchie does this. I got three wins. Yeah. Nick Ritchie gets none. <laughs> Listen, they're trying to build Richie back up as they tried with Justin Hall. They're trying to recreate the the person they thought he was going to be. I had to pull this up after you said he had seven shots last night. That was actually 33.3% of his shots on the season. 21 shots on the season for Nick Richie this this season. Rich was great. Um... Yeah. Rich is great. <laughs> he's great. He's great. What a Not star. when he's great. I... Just great. It's funny the, the, the dying on the stick thing or dying on the play 
I love that that sort of saying because yeah. it's so true that it's so frustrating when somebody's playing like the it's zipping around and it goes to a guy and it it ends. Yeah. But with Richie, it felt like he couldn't even get himself into the position to let the play die yeah, on a stick. Yeah. Like it was like it would go past him before he even could get a stride to go there. So I think he looked the best by far he's looked so far this season. But like he's making the money. It's it's time for him to kind of maybe put two of these in a row together. Like yeah, before we start patting him on the ask. back too much, no? But the you know, the guys after the game, I thought there was actually great support from his team after the goal, right? He makes that pass and Matthew celebrates it like he scored. You know, they they all went to Rich. They're talking to Richie on the bench. They the, genuinely seem to really love, love the guy. Yeah, and his comments after the game from from Matthews, I thought he was way over the top of something. You know, at one point he said, you know, Rich is great at kind of protecting the puck with his body in the corner. And I was like, when has that happened? Have we seen that happen yet as a Toronto Maple Leaf? But the point is that these guys are trying to big him up a little bit and get him, get him going. As they should. Yeah. I, and and it, it does go a long way. For a guy like Nick Ritchie. Oh, yeah. That last Today night he's reading his press go, Well, no, I mean, if, if he is and, and it makes him feel good, then that's what uh, it's be, all about. I'd be all over it. But I like the fact that that he was in and out of the front of the net, too. Uh, mm-hmm. The one play where he actually went right around the net and then came out, Carter Hart uh, covered everything short side. But just that ability to kind of move in and out of that that space in front of the net. He yeah. scored that one exhibition goal, I think, off of Mitch Marner. Unbelievable play where he's just standing in front of the net. Do you remember that one? Yeah, backdoor off-end one-timer. And I don't know whether he thought maybe that's just a good spot to be in. And <laughs> Great. Uh, if you want to go but, live there, the Leafs would be very happy. It is, but you can't just stay there. Oh, yeah, yeah you need to move in you the process. you got to move in and out. Yeah, like yeah. It's just not about hanging out there and then thinking it, it'll eventually come. You got to every once in a while go after a puck or uh, take it behind the net, use your body, come out, make a pass or jam. Yeah. And I, th- I saw a little bit more of that movement out of Nick Ritchie. This is one of those things with having injuries where it's not the end of the world in a regular season to have a guy sit out a night because other guys get some opportunity. And maybe Nick Ritchie found it. Tavares isn't in. Richie gets good vibes going a little bit. Like, that's that's great. And you know what else? Alex Kerfoot's playing pretty good hockey right now. I thought he had a nice game last night. I thought he skated really well. Yeah. You know, and, and that helps Richie, too. And he set up Kasha. Kasha. Kosh money. That was a, that was a beauty. Um, the, yeah, the, the Kasha thing is, is fantastic. I wonder if now they'll look for more opportunity to get that guy. You know, I, t- I we talked yesterday about him getting more of a role. Now he shoots one in. I guess there's just nowhere for him to go, right? He's just going to stay where he is. I, I think uh, almost like a, a Nick Ritchie, there's got to, something's got to happen a little bit. Uh, another injury or something yeah. for him Long to kind of see a, a spot duty. Uh, but it was, it was, it was nice for him to be rewarded. You, you hope that maybe Nick Ritchie could get one of those fairly soon mm-hmm. this weekend, but uh, he he looked pretty excited, didn't he? Didn't he give the double fingers? Yeah, to, uh, cautious. Sam didn't like yeah, the Sally. No, no Sally. Well, it was weird, like double finger point right in Kerfoot's face. <laughs> yeah, but I, the thing of, teammate. I'm it. also a little skeptical about his duster. I, the the big blonde duster is a uncautious. Cer- yeah, it's certainly a look. Is it a Movember thing? I don't know. It must be. But like, I didn't know it was a blonde duster. Like, it's just <laughs> very. It's it, it takes you back looking at it. But I think he had it even before November, so I don't even know if it I, is. I kind of do, too. 
I don't know. We'll keep track of that, Sam. Yes, we'll keep, okay. keep progress keep reports on, on the caution duster. All right. Yeah. You guys good up front? You want to go to the blue line here? And uh, the great return of Justin Hall. The great Justin Hall. Yeah. 20 minutes. What'd you think? Okay. Yeah, I know. Fine. I know. <laughs> Right? Like, there's not always a, a rip and take on this. Yeah, he's all right. He's not uh, leading the Masters uh, on a Thursday with a minus three or four. That's a good sign. Yeah. I thought he looked hesitant in the early going. He double pumped, double clutched one from the point, and just there was a few times where he looked unsure about really going, but later in the game, he uh, he jumped up into the rush a time or two. Just just a little bit, you know, to, to be understood, right? He lost his spot and wants to be perfect. He can't play trying to be perfect. Should we... Uh, we got a clip? We got a clip. Let's do a clip. Let's see what Sheldon has to say about Justin Hall. I, I thought it took him a while to get going. We chatted with him briefly there after the game. Um, <clears throat> you know, after sitting for a while, and you know, I'm sure coming back in, is, he's a little bit anxious. You know, take a little bit. Uh, but I thought defensively, I thought he was good. I, I thought our... our you know, if there was one area tonight that we want to get better in, uh, for sure, it was our breakouts. It was our touches in our own end. thought that led to, you know, too much time in our own zone. And, you know, and that's for a lot of, you know, I think from a shot attempt perspective, we were in a pretty deep hole tonight. But that's a lot of D-zone plays by us. A lot of point shots by them, you know, with us giving the puck back. They throw it to the top and then they just sling it at our net. Um and I thought our defense had some problems with that, Justin as well. But that said, you know, we really were challenging our group to settle down and make some plays back there and give us some good touches. I thought early in that third period, there was two touches that really stand out for me from Justin on the breakout that really just settled us down, you know, moved the puck to our forwards quickly under pressure and got us on the attack. And those plays are so important. Is that what you saw? Yeah, I think it's weird that he calls him Justin. Uh, isn't he always called him Halsey before? Anyway. No, I don't, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. The fracture of the relationship. <laughs> I don't know. The other thing is... is uh, My mom calls me Samuel. Does she? No, that's like when she's pissed. Oh, she okay. I'm going to start there. calling you that. There's a throat clear there, too. Out of from, from Kiefer? Yeah. Did you pick up on that? No. What'd you get out of that? I don't know. Nothing, really. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but... <laughs> yeah. Choosing his words carefully, I mean, maybe. He scream for three periods. He may have a sore throat. No, but definitely there was very care- careful word selection because I, I heard him say, I thought he struggled at the beginning. Yes. He, he mentions in that same clip that when the puck went up to the point, he thought that Justin had problems defending, you know, in those instances. That alone is enough for a coach to go, I didn't think he was very good last night. Can I say? But he didn't say that. This is very, you know, and I know you guys like to he- love to hear my anecdotal thoughts on the Toronto Maple Oh, you do? What is your friend from? No, but this is this is <laughs> my thoughts. Okay. I was happy to have him back in there. You know, I know he's not perfect. I know he, you know, he can be slow. And at the start of this year, he was pretty bad and almost unplayable. But, like, having him back in there gave me a sense. Maybe it's just a sense of normalcy that we're all seeking. I don't know what it was. But, like. I did like a bit of his game last night, and I was happy to see him back in the lineup. He played the second most at anybody on the team other than Riley. So, obviously, they they, they played him a lot, maybe some penalty-killing time. They are on, I think, four four penalties last it's, night they took. But it was, it, I was happy to see him back in there. It's not easy being out two weeks and then coming back in in that type of environment. Did you ever have off. a season where you did that a lot? I'm, oh, yeah, all yeah. the time. 
but you know, it's dump and chase and just get a big hit in and don't get caught third man high, that sort of stuff. I would but, say his role is different because you could bring it to them and he kind of plays a game where he has to wait for it to come to him. Right? To a certain extent, for sure. But you don't want to also, you want to dictate a little bit too if you're Justin Hall because he does have that ability to, when he has the puck, he can control it. He can dictate a good first pass or whether or not he wants to skate with it a little bit. I mean, he's he's a guy that uh, if if he is playing with Muzzin, should fall into that 18 to 21 range. Hmm. I thought two things um, from what we just heard. One, uh, Sam McKee saying that, um, you know, he brought that sense of normalcy that we're all seeking right now. I thought it was a very profound take on COVID and everything. I feel yeah, like Justin it was a much deeper, <laughs> a deeper take. But the thing that uh, caught me too was Sheldon saying that when the puck went up to the point, uh, he struggled defending. This is an area where I think the Leafs are vulnerable in playoff hockey is a lot of times you play a game where there's traffic at the net and you get point the puck up to the point and you shoot it in. You kind of play pinball, plinko, however you want to phrase it. You know, box outs are crucial in the postseason. I don't think a Leafs group of Riley, Sandine, Lilligren, you know, Hall, there's not a group well, that thrives in those circumstances. But now we're, now we're into style of play here. And... That's where I think the Leafs fell really hard in the last three games of the Montreal series is that regular season's regular season. And this was a typical, last night was a typical regular season game. Mm-hmm. And even before Nylander's first goal, didn't you get a sense that this was kind of a sleepy game? Like I was sitting with a few buddies and it's like, this is boring. Put the Raptor game on. Yeah. On, and and it's okay if great game for the Leafs. You know, a game that you you got two points, but I don't know if like what's your what's your now definition of a great game? A road game, you get the team who's maybe a little more physical than you to sleepwalk through it. But is it a is it an like you just said it? Is it an NHL kind of intense? We've seen some teams on occasion bring NHL type of intensity to a regular season game. I'm not saying it happens a ton, right? but there is a a sense that the good teams can do that on occasion. But I don't think we've seen uh, a game so far out of the Leafs that go, oh man, if they brought that type of game in the playoffs, I think they're going to be okay. You didn't think nothing from Tampa Bay, Boston felt that way for you? Boston for sure. Boston? Boston a little bit, yeah, early early Mm -hmm. and then i don't know the last what 20 minutes 15 minutes they were hanging on on boston the only game that you could for sure say that there was some of that where they looked like they were playing a playoff style game was boston and you're right in the first two periods they were playing that style and and are they capable that of that on a consistent basis no so, and even like, you know, just going back to Nick Ritchie a little bit, yeah. he, he plays a sleepy game. And I know if I played against a guy that I know could kick the crap out of me, I'm going to let him sleep. Yeah. There's not a lot of guys in Nick Ritchie's face. There's not a lot of guys challenging him. They don't want to wake that guy up. So then let me ask you this. What are we missing about this Toronto Maple Leafs team? Because if we're saying we haven't seen 
a playoff style game or the intensity or something that you think is a playoff viable they're eight and five. Sam, they're, eight, they're they're winning hockey games, Kipper. Sammy's right though, but but Boston's a different beast because there is that history there. There's enough guys in that lineup that hate Boston for what they've done to the mm. uh, your organization in, in recent history here. So they they had that element, but can you manufacture that against other teams? Yeah, manufacture that is a hard one, right? So you and I, and actually I think in our very first tep sh- uh, test show, we had the conversation about Zach Hyman. And my, my thing with Hyman was that he's a guy who does what you're talking about now, manufactures that effort in the regular season. But then I, I made the point that I don't think he has another gear in the playoffs. Like he doesn't, everyone steps up in the playoffs. And that's part of the reason his playoff success is not, well, it's not been there. And I think it's because he's a guy who thrives in the regular season. So those guys have yeah. value for sure. So what he sure. needs to do is mail it in a little bit more during the yeah, regular season. Is, that's not the point so much. Right? No, no. You think I'm joking around. I'm, I'm serious. When you get a little older, yeah. there, there's some nights that... You're it, up 4-1. I, it's okay I to, not to saying, pull back. I'm not saying to mail it in. I'm just saying, like, you, you, can't, you can't run high-octane that many times during the regular season and then think you're going to do it every night for two months to try to win a Stanley Cup. There are some nights when it's just, it's not there. It's not from an effort. It's just from the percentages of you being human. So the older guys, second on the the, puck in a puck race, it's okay. the, The older guys can kind of figure it out, but they get themselves prepared for that, for that playoff run. There are just some guys that can just, that's their time of the season mm-hmm. is that secondary and they thrive on it. Like even a guy like Marner, who's not the biggest and not the strongest, like he's going to have to find a way to make sure that he leaves plenty of gas in the tank down the stretch. But maybe maybe Hyman does not have to give it. I, yeah. he, he doesn't have to go mock, you know, Three, five, I don't know. A high mock number. A high mock number. <laughs> Every game. Yeah. I wonder if now that he's paid, if that's it, that'll be easier to do. Because what has, I think, inarguably got him paid is that he is always going. Always, always, always. I wonder if now that he's got a $40 yeah. million dollar contract, it's a little easier but, to say, we're up 4-1, I'm going to be second in this puck race and throw the hit rather than but, take it. And JB, you made an excellent point about uh, three or four minutes ago that uh, – you look at last night, Sandine and Lilligren, and you go, it's a pretty good night for them. I think real good. I think Sandin ended up with what uh, seventeen and a half minutes, and maybe Lilligren maybe uh, almost fifteen minutes, and they're playing and they're 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 involved in in the in the pace of play, but that's not going to get it done in April. And it's unfortunate we have to talk about April, but that's what this team has brought us to. That's what this whole season about, is what do you have in April, right? So can we address something else that we also discussed before the show? Like, Philly kind of sucks, right? Well, is this a, that's maybe a I just, ungentle phrasing. It, it, they, they're not very good last night. And I understand their they, record they missed is good. A horse. I'm not oblivious to They that. missed a horse in uh, Kevin Hayes. Yeah, that's big. And they missed a, 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 a number one type of guy. And uh, Ryan Ellis last night. So outside of that, we are looking at a team where I I haven't got a clue what the Flyers are. 
But they are, to me now, a middle-of-the-pack team. Yeah. And we've got a lot of those. The whole league. Is in the, the NHL. Right. It's a weird start to the year here where, you know, the teams that are kind of running away with it, you're like, yeah, I guess the Wild, okay. Um, it's not like they're not. But they're, their power play was brutal last night. Phillies was, yeah. Yes. The uh, analytics that I've seen, for anyone who cares, has Philly as a much worse team than their record, like thinks they're about 22nd best team in the league, give or take. You know, they, they've they had some good luck and good success. Right now they're 6-3-2, which is a nice record to start things off in a tough division. But I just see a team that, you know, they don't have the elite top-end guys. They've got great goaltending to get where they are so far this year. I don't think they're guaranteed to get that the rest of the way. And the decor is okay. It's okay. So, they, and that's not criticism of a, any sort of Leafs 3 nothing win. They had to do. They did what they had to do. I'm just saying this Philly team's not awesome. The Leafs have had a pretty gentle schedule this so far this season, have they not? Am I, am I mistaken if I say three road trips, all like visiting your... Next door neighbor, <laughs> Ottawa, yeah. uh, Carolina and back, and, Same fi- night. and Philly and back. Pittsburgh and back, too. And Pittsburgh and back. Yeah. So I've had three nights in a hotel this season. So, and next week's going to be awfully favorable to them as well, all at home, correct? Sam, what's their, uh, sorry to on the spot you hear, their upcoming schedule, because I believe there's a homestand. They got Buffalo, so that's another one. Uh, they, they go down to Buffalo, which is a long trip. Yes, that's, um, you know, they go down there. Oh and then, and they come it's like going to your basement. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, it's not even so that, leaving that, the house. That's fair phrasing for Buffalo. I was going to say, the people of Buffalo would love that comparison. Yeah, sorry, Buffalo. Um, so next week, they... Uh, where are we going here? So got Calgary, Buffalo this weekend, and then they're home three times next weekend. Home Nashville, home Rangers, home Pittsburgh. Probably favorites in all three there. Yep. And then you head out on the road here. You're going to uh, the Islanders on a second half of a back-to-back. Ooh. Then you're going out to the – you're going out west. You're going out for L.A., San Jose. And that's when, the, that's when the season starts. Yeah. I think. But, but then can, you come home, and then you're going out Minnesota, Winnipeg. Like yeah, they're into it then. They're into it. They're into it. So before that really happens, they should be able to get 12 wins before that starts, really. Sammy, what do you think's realistic here in the next, uh, I guess, five games? Sitting at eight, five, and one. Five games ahead against some teams. I think yeah. I'd like Calgary tomorrow night. Coming, they're coming in the second half of back-to-back. They play in Montreal tonight. Ooh, that's good. Yeah, so I think you'd probably want that one. You never know down in Buffalo. Even the, the Buffaloes, they stink, but that, that building Kings. Con- sorry, the, the Leafs have lost to who this year? Ottawa, San Jose, uh, San Jose the Rangers, Pitt. Pitt. Yeah, so. And, and the I, Kings. Yeah, so I'd like to, I you know, two out of three next week with the Rangers, Nashville, and Pittsburgh. I think, I think the Rangers are a pretty good team. Pittsburgh, who knows what that lineup's going to look like. Nashville is just a complete wild card. I think, is what's that, a Tuesday night against Nashville? Boy, oh, boy. Oh, that's a if trap you, game. Call a loss. If you can't get up for uh, L.A. on a Monday, you know, Nashville on a Tuesday may not be any better. So I, I think you got to get two of those ones next week, and then you head out on the road, and that's when it really starts going. So yeah. I think you want to be heading out, you know, 11 and whatever or 12 or whatever, right? Right. So we mentioned Calgary and, and- Buffalo this weekend. Uh, I assume that Sheldon learned a valuable lesson on the back-to-back goalie starts. Oh, yeah. Oh, we got to get a hot start in here. I forgot about that. 
little detail. What's well, going to be Hutch? Hutch and Buffalo. Yeah, Hutch and Buffalo. Right? Sammy? Is it going to be Hutch? Have they called him up? Have, they, have you guys heard something How about that? How can it not be? Joseph Wolves has never been a 900 goalie. How, how, do you, um, how do you bring Hutchison back yet again? And he is your third goalie and you bail on him. Yeah, because he had right. one, one game you didn't love. Uh, this weekend, how do you bail on Hutchinson? Listen, I'm not the coach, so I don't have any moral equity. I'm bailing on him. I'll throw, <laughs> I'm th- I'll throw in Hall. I'll throw, I'll throw in any of these guys. Oh I, my I, God! Why don't you just there. strap a, a shooter Listen, tutor? I, I, you know, I love Hutchinson. The lack of respect for goaltending in this show is yeah, stunning. but like it's a goalie, and he's he's not the other goalie that's been not great for them. I don't know. I know he's a good soldier. I know I, I hate ragging on him, but every time he's between the pipes, it's like, oh my God, we're doing this again. Hey. <laughs> there is that vibe. There's Don't no you think? Vibe. Like, well, am I crazy? The boy's got to be feeling it, too. It's been years of half-trust, I guess. Um, Half so far, strong. Combined goals for John Tavares, William Nylander, Austin Matthews, and Mitch Marner, 22. Combined goals for the rest of the Toronto Maple Leafs hockey club, 14. Four guys are outscoring the other 18 guys on the season by eight goals so far. Is that, does that continue, and is it sustainable? The the first thing I would say to that is I, I'd like to go down the roster and see how consistent that is with other teams in the league. Yeah, great. Your top four scores versus yes. the other. Yeah, and I bet you it wouldn't 14, look sorry. that far off. You know, I don't think you're wrong. I wonder if it, I bet and, it's 50-50. And it's they welcome to the salary cap world because – there's a lot of GMs right now that probably look about uh, at their top three highest paid guys, and it's just it's the recipe right now. There's a lot of there's a lot of mistakes out there that GMs have made that have not been rectified, and they're living with it every day. I just I, I know what you're saying, but I just wonder where the trend is. Yeah, like uh, I agree with you. It's probably pretty lopsided that the scoring is in your top four guys, but I just. You know, that right there is roughly, I don't know, 60, 60% of your scoring coming from, from four yeah. guys. That seems high. Although tomorrow night against Calgary, they would be the one team I would think of without even seeing their stats right now that they're getting a little bit more. Oh, yeah, scoring throughout the lineup? Yes. Yeah. Outside of your Kachuk, your Lindholm, uh, Johnny Hockey, uh, Mangiapani. Would be a guy that, uh, what, has seven goals already? What does he have? Eight. 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 Yeah, you got four from Lucic. Four from Lucic. That's a season right there. <laughs> what did I miss? So, uh, so I just pulled up Tampa just as a yeah. as a, a comparison. Okay. So Steven Stamkos has seven. Alex Kalorn has seven, and that's probably a little bit outside of the realm of, you know, normalcy. Mm-hmm. Braden Point, four. Andre Palat, four. Sorelli, three. And then no one else has more than uh, two yeah. for the rest of the lineup. So, you know, Kipper's on to something here with yeah. the world The world that's been created by the salary cap is you have to pay your good players a certain amount and then kind of rotate in the bottom half of your lineup here and there. Real Kipper and Bourne, your good players need to be good. Heard you're, it here you're, first. Wow, what a great take. <laughs> Sammy, are you going to give away Leaf tickets now or after the break? Well, fellas, I'm going to give them a, I'm gonna, going to give them away at 4 o'clock today. So you just are. after 4 o'clock. We're going to talk to Gord Stalick here coming up in about five minutes. And then after we let old Gordo go, we're going we're gonna to give away some ticks. So make sure you're listening after 4 o'clock for tomorrow night, Hall of Fame game against the Calgary Flames. It's going to be a gorgeous jersey matchup. They're hopefully wearing those 
road whites. Such a beautiful Beauties. jersey. So there you go. So listen to after 4 o'clock for your cue to call, okay? Thank you. All right. And Sammy just teed him up, a guy that we describe as salary capless. <laughs> Gord Stellick after the break, co-host of Leaf Nation pre and post on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne. Let's just get right to him. I love having this guy on the show because it's all about electricity. That sounds like Sam's audio get, yesterday. Get your finger out of the socket, Gord. You okay? Kippy, you got people pulling over wearing their car. Car got a short on it. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm ready to deliver. Ready to deliver at way less than the hydro rates nowadays. How about that? That is awesome. Awesome segue. And you've got a lot to get into because uh, the perfect road trip uh, down and back for two points doesn't get any better than that for the Leafs. That's what you saw, I'm sure. Yeah, you know, it's one of those, you say, perfect road game as long as you didn't have to buy a ticket to watch it if you're a Flyers fan. It was a little tougher the first 30 minutes, wasn't it? Well, yeah, it was kind of, yeah, it was, it was, you know, it's that perfect road game, but I'm glad I wasn't there, you know, but uh, I, I don't want to over, over talk about statement games, but I mentioned, I thought many times last year, the Leafs, when they needed to make a bit of a statement, uh, had a lull, they, they did that. And I thought this one was a little bit in that category, like Chicago, when that had a couple of weeks ago, that was getting a little dire. That was a little bit more. That was a little dire that they needed to turn this thing around. But after Monday's game, I thought it was important. They have a, a solid and tight defensive effort. And they, and they certainly did that last night. Um, what were your thoughts on the contributions to the tight defensive effort of returning hero, Justin Hall? I, I think the Norris votes, Justin, yeah. I think the Norris votes <laughs> are starting to, you know, it's a funny one because, like he struggled, Jake Muzzin struggled at the start. Like they really struggled, and it's kind of like, you no know, next year, who knows what the Toronto Blue Jays are going to do? You hope they're going to compete for uh, playoffs, but yeah, if you're like, uh, you know, one eighth of the season through, and Guerrero and Bichette are hitting 200, you're saying, well, you know, at some point they got to start doing what you expect them to do, and usually they do, but you know, sometimes mm-hmm. it just doesn't happen. So uh, you, you get a little bit concerned, but I uh, certainly uh, I was glad to see him back. Thought he thought he played solid enough. I mean. I, big big thing for me. There really weren't a lot of glory, you know, grade A scoring chances against Jack Campbell. So I just I thought it was the type of game that, you know, it's uh, nice getting three goals. It'd be nice some some games getting six or seven to really pop it open. But I thought that that kind of defensive effort, especially on the road, was just what the doctor ordered. Gordon, when, when we saw Justin Hall going back in, especially after the L.A. King loss, you almost assume that. Uh, the guy coming out would probably be Lilligren, but they've invested so much into him in the last two weeks with Sandin. Um, it doesn't appear like these two are going anywhere anytime soon here. They, they, they look like they're locked in here uh, for quite a while here. Is, is there going to be enough time in this one regular season to get these guys groomed and ready for a serious playoff run? Well, that'll that's that'll be the challenge, Kipper. I mean, it's not like you know. And I'm talking a long time ago. I was with a team rushing underage defensemen, which you know, no way, shape, or form were you able to do that. That was ridiculous. And you know, here there's been the proper nurturing process in the American Hockey League. I mean, everything got stunted a little bit last year uh, with COVID, but Sandine was uh, with the Leafs, you know, more on the NHL side. So 
Um, I, I like what I've seen so far. Like you, you, you want, you hope that there's a growth line and it continues to go. And, and that's, that's the upside. We don't want to get ahead of ourselves because, but in the playoffs, like it, it, it really, as we know, the defensive part of the game is, is really, really important, that ability. And, uh, you know, you see how why the Islanders have become so effective doing that in the playoffs with the defense core they've had. You know, again, nor Norris Trophy guys, but, you know, that kind of steadiness and competence. So uh, I was glad that, that he didn't take them out. He's, I, I'm glad that he's playing them together, Sheldon Keith. And uh, they got burned on one of the L.A. goals. Like, there were those – that was the other thing, Monday. There were, like, four or five of those, like, like cutting-in breakaways, which were, you know, kind of uh, kind of disturbing if you're a Leaf fan. And, you know, one of them was on uh, Sandine and Lilligren. But uh, I, I don't mind a bit of a mix if, uh, while, while all guys are healthy, uh, sitting out different guys at different times. You know, those cutting-in goals, I thought of that watching uh, Pierre Engvall last night driving in off the uh, the outside. I was like, just take it across the crease, big man. Like, I just want him to take it to the rack a little bit more to create some offense. Um, there's another big man, though, that I wanted to ask you about, and that's Nick Ritchie. Uh, last night he played well. Is that a one-off to you, or do you think that there's the start of something good? Seven shots on net last night, too. He led the Leafs in shots on goal. And, uh, I, I hope you know, I, I, I hope it's the start of something that's a fit, whatever that may be with the Leafs. And I heard Kipper say, you know, chatting with you the other day, Justin, just about, you know, now that you're winning, you can just let him be, let him be. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's, let's figure out, let's figure out where he's going to be, uh, you know, at, at uh, the midpoint or whatever. Does he, does he get back to being a top six guy that gets some power play time? You know, uh, last night he seemed to embrace it earlier in the season and it, it wasn't, it wasn't quite that seamless. So uh, nice assist as well. So I would think, you know, he, he needs a game. He's, he's not a rookie like the other guys. Like he's an established NHLer as far as what he could do. He's not a star NHLer, but he's an established NHLer. And I, and I think, I think there would have been more of the comfort level for the guy in his, in his rest, still relatively new surroundings. Gordon, we had an earlier conversation about, uh, just the league in general and it just seems especially now that uh you know they've seen seen a dozen games already that there's a lot of teams that are just in the mix you can't really look at the flyers and definitively say i like that team or that team should make the playoffs it's just it's just so hard now to handicap teams in this era of the salary cap um so we have Calgary coming in on a Friday night and their record looks pretty good, but have you seen enough out of Calgary to say that'll be a pretty good test for the Toronto Maple Leafs is now we, we think Calgary is, is, is a better team. Yeah. You know, particularly Kippy, uh, how well they did on the road when they came East before, like they're really, really strong on the road early in the season. I mean, I mean, they've, they've really, really surprised me. And I, 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 I like it as well. The Boston and Tampa Bay were more traditional Atlantic division rivals and the least played well after, you know, falling so badly against, against Carolina. And, uh, you know, to your point, Kippy, about uh, the so many teams in the mix, Justin, I, I really enjoyed your, your column on sportsnet.ca. I mean, the, the, the world's been so different. We kind of forgot about uh, that. Well, first there was the Ken Holland uh, U.S. Thanksgiving deadline that, Basically, I think like of the 16 teams that are in the playoffs, then like one, two, or maybe three at best change. And, and you had the November 1st uh, deadline, which maybe you might say is November 8th now because we had pushed things back a week. But you, you, you were citing nine out of 59 teams. 59 teams were, with, were four points out of a playoff spot over the last, say, 20 years, I think, whatever it was, you were 15, and only nine made the playoffs. Like, wow. 
And that's your line, that's your line Kippy and others, about you, you can't win the Stanley Cup in October, but you can lose it. And so I think a lot of teams have really, you, you make a point that, you know, you got you got to be in the race. You, you got to be in the, you know, you got to try to, in the stretch run, you know, go for whatever. If you're at the back uh, at Woodbine Racetrack or something, you're screwed. And then it becomes a long, long, ugly season. So you got you got a lot of teams in in the mix that way, and I find that exciting. Or in a car with you on the four hundred one. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't give me a chance. I would have come at the end, Kippy. I was just planning some strategy, but I was taking all your kind. You'd be a terrible jockey. You'd be a terrible race car driver. Your pit crew would be giving you the thing, and you'd be giving them crap back. You'd be you'd be spinning out, and I'd be cruising by at a slower speed, but I'd finish, Kippy. <laughs> some tortoise in the hair vibes going on here. Um, so watching this team then that seems so top heavy, right? You know, we, we talked a little bit about some other teams and how lots of teams are top heavy. I, there, there are times right now we're watching one of those two lines, the Matthews, Nylander, Bunting line, where I still feel like, I don't know, it doesn't quite click. Like, obviously, they're getting goals and getting production for those guys, but it doesn't feel like there's awesome chemistry there. You know, Sam, our producer, had mentioned that he thinks that Matthews has more to give, and maybe if Matthews plays better, uh, it'll he's been good, but it'll look different. Do you have any thoughts in that line, or are we out of our mind and they've been good? Yeah, no, I, I agree. Like, it's it's sort of a, a funny one, and I think a lot of people, like, really grew to love Zach Hyman, just that he was the preemptive guy you could put on any line, and just, you know, he kind of kind of seemed to make it right and I mean he's gone uh as we know I thought you know Mike Rupp it's funny because he does a lot of work for NHL Network and 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 he, and he said about the Toronto Maple Leafs he goes you know I find myself being really picky about the Toronto Maple Leafs and I'm wondering whether I should be so picky about certain things if that's right or not and I said I think that's actually a, a, an accurate way to look at it right now it doesn't mean they're bad in your mind but you're just getting a little picky about certain things and you're saying at one point that uh oh, the big guns aren't scoring Oh, now the big guns are scoring, but nobody else is scoring. Like you're trying to find that you're trying to find right. that perfect mix, right? And and what we've always thought, and uh, what we thought, Justin, is that okay, great, you got John Tavares, you got all these guys, you're going to have two lines to kick ass. There's there's no other team in the NHL that will have two better lines that they can put out there. So particularly in the playoffs, when depth matters, that's great. They can't you know they can't uh, sort of store up against one of your lines. You got two. And that hasn't been the case. So now you're you're looking for it. You're looking for redemption. And and yeah. So I think there's always a bit that that the jury's out. And certainly in the case of Bunting, like he's been a he's been positive so far. But you know maybe are our expectations too high? I, I I don't know. But I but I agree with that assessment. And Gordon, are we um, are we past a certain stage for for Jack Campbell that he he will not fall off the face of the earth here, and that he is. He, he, he is pretty much what we see right now and whether or not that's good enough to win a round or two with this roster remains to be seen, but the drop off uh, losing Freddie Anderson, at least during the last regular seasons, it hasn't, hasn't been a huge uh, uh, drop off. Well, first of all, Kippy and Justin, every family, every should every every teenager should have a little brother like Jack Campbell. So when the two bigger boys <laughs> put the puck through the rec room wall downstairs, the kid takes the heat for it. The six-year-old says that he did it. I love it, man. He he just makes himself accountable for everything. And, and super uh, nice, Gord. Just super oh, nice. Uh, yeah, he's the, <laughs> Kipper doesn't he, buy it, Gordon. No, 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 no. I do buy it. 
I do. Yeah, you, I, don't, I don't, you just I don't, find it too much, right? Just a little too much yeah. for me. Okay. Just a little too no, much. You know what, Kippy? I think he's living in Pinball's basement right now. I think that's why. <laughs> I think I think that's what he wait. But but to answer your question, um, yeah, the, 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 he, he's not had been a number one guy for an 82 game season. So that's where you're a little bit being cautionary. But the other thing, since he's come to Toronto, he's done everything and more. Like he's done everything and more that you could have possibly expected. Best case scenario. So uh, I'm willing to see how it plays out but 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 that's a very valid observation and as peter morasic unfortunately you know they, if they can't get that one e one a one b thing going like they planned um yeah then that's going to be a little bit more of a challenge for jack campbell so i think it was yesterday that was uh, an anniversary of felix Podvan fighting oh, yeah. ron hextall he hung in there and I, i'm i'm watching last night and i said could i envision jack campbell now fighting carter hart and how that fight would go and i see jack campbell going to carter you throw the first punch no i mean it you go we were at home the crowd's behind you you go ahead throw the first punch that's how nice he is no Gordon? be a tickle fight or something like that i don't know but <laughs> i i you know i did i didn't do a lot of hockey games on tv where i was the intermission guy because they figured after a while short stocky guys that sweat a bit it's not exactly uh, the best spot but i was in philadelphia for tv channel 11 chch did a, the, a few games back then and that fight came out of nowhere at the end like there just was a fight going on and then as you see ron hextel came all the way down and uh and and i couldn't believe how well felix held uh, held his own and and when we're talking about it this morning on air, Rick Walmsley sent me a text that Felix won that fight. And I said, well, hey, it definitely was a draw or a split decision. But, man, I give Felix credit because, you know, Ron Hextall, that's his kind of that's his style. But he came all the way down and Felix was uh, was was his equal measure there. But, yeah, Jack Campbell, that's right. Too nice a guy. Who's going to throw the first punch and be one of those? Uh, yeah. Who's going to get going? But uh, that that was, I know you have to be a certain age to remember that. But, boy, I remember that fight. That was so unexpected. But I remember it so vividly. That was fun. I, I was I was playing that game. And I just, oh, oh, yeah. And I'm just like, uh, oh, right. Hey, yeah. Hey, Felix, can I get you a Coke after the game? <laughs> what do you, can I get you anything? What do you need? I'd be like, yeah, don't piss Felix seat. off. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, he's like the big bulldog in yeah, that room. Apparently. So, you know, it's actually a good segue to talk about this team and uh, their general toughness scored. Like, do they, do they need it? Is, do you need it anymore? Do you need Felix Potvin? I, I was actually thinking while we were having this chat about Felix, how many fights the Leafs have had this year. Has there been two? Well, I think why you remember one, Simmons preseason. Has there been any? Uh, uh, anyway, not, not to put you guys on the Simmons spot. Do you, need one? It? do you need it I think at he's all? had one. Yeah. Okay, I still always maintain, as a guy that everyone remembers, paid too much of a price for toughness, is that you develop your own toughness from within. I really think that you look at the team's you know, that have done it historically that, you know, like, like toughness is something that you don't have to give up. You shouldn't have to get And, and quite often what happens all of a sudden a team, you know, can't be aware that team needs toughness. So they go and they make a trade because they got toughness. Then six weeks later, that player's on waivers again, because all of a sudden the short term where they needed toughness, maybe they, 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 you know, they rode that stretch out, they start winning and now they don't, they can't play that guy. And you know, what have you. So the ideal thing is Gary Roberts, tough toughness, Darcy Tucker toughness. I mean, you know, that kind of tough, Ty Domi toughness. I mean, I mean that kind of toughness from somebody who can play on the, on the top three lines. And that's kind of harder and harder to find nowadays. Yeah. And I'm watching last night. Um, and who, who brushed by bunting uh, drew yeah. in the yeah. slot. Yeah. And then bunting went after him a little bit and caused a little bit of a, of a scrum, but 
even to have that type more of that type of emotion without even having to drop your gloves and and yeah just a little bit just to kind of spark everybody up and like i said sometimes you can can have certain guys on your bench that are a little sleepy but that sort of stuff can perk you up in a hurry no matter where you are on on the ice or on the bench because you know every time there's something going on I'm on the bench watching that going, oh, God, here we go. Like, now I got to get <laughs> oh, up. Oh, no, there. no. I hope I don't get involved <laughs> yeah, in that. Uh, now the temperature's don't, rising. I got to go on Don't the ice. drag me into that. <laughs> but that's, well, that's, the, yeah. that, that's where we are in 2021. You don't have to drop your gloves anymore, but you can, you can, can kind of look like it. Fake well, I, I, yeah, I even liked, uh, you know, John Tavares' reaction to the Sergachev's hit uh, stick on Mitch Marner. You know, just that kind of thing that, you know, a guy who's uh, pretty composed, uh, you know, showed some emotion. And I think we're even seeing a little bit more time from time in Austin Matthews hit. Like, he doesn't have to go out looking, but, but just, you know, but just from time to time being a little bit more physical. It's something everybody can incorporate at times, you know, within their game. And then that's certainly something that you could you could grow within the Toronto Maple Leafs. Last one for me there, Gordo, is just thoughts on uh, Kasha, a guy that the, you know, the coaches keep talking him up. He scores a goal. Like, uh, they got something here? Yeah, you know what? That's one of the guys, Justin, that, you know, when you get to uh, – I mean, there's the extremes like uh, my brief time with the New York Rangers, but I got to see Brian Leach, who Kippy knows well. I got to see him every game, and you got this appreciation of, holy crap, what this guy can do, you know, seeing him at that time, it was, there were 80 games in the season. And, you know, same with other guys when they come to your team and you get to watch them a lot more. And, and, and I've liked the little things he's, he's done. And, uh, you know, both, uh, you know, the, both him and, and uh, a couple of new guys have scored very timely goals, which is nice. If you're going to, if you're going to contribute and you don't contribute a lot, it's best not the sixth goal in a six, nothing game, you know, where uh, they're trying to spread it around, but something that, that really matters. And uh, yeah, so far as, as we talk about uh, Nick Ritchie, you know, trying to find a role, I, I like, uh, I like so far what I've seen of Cashin. All right, Gord, we're going to let you go, pal. Good effort tonight. Okay. Thank you. Well, you know what? We're just sitting outside the driver drive test center. Justin taking his driver's test in half an hour. So, yeah, we're hoping for a big afternoon here too. Wow, cool. Uh, yeah, he's already he's already driving faster than me, Kippy. Just so you know. Please when tell he's me gone, he's gone, right? <laughs> please, please tell me you didn't give him any advice. <laughs> I didn't give him any advice. He learned from his mom. Okay. Tell him I, I got I got Uber up, drivers. Right? I would get advice from before you. <laughs> <laughs> okay right. guys take care yeah, all right thanks, Gordon go host a leaf nation pre and post game on sportsnet 590 the fan i love him yeah i'm assuming he has a son named justin yes he does unless he's with justin hall so it ain't me honestly boys nothing makes me happier than when like we get down to the end with with gordo now we've had him on every week since we've started kipper just and it's, it's like here comes, no, here comes the, <laughs> the, the, the driving slow jokes <laughs> i live for it i live for it so i hope our listeners love it too because I, I can't get enough i've only been in the car with him once in my life and uh, but it sounds like it was a significant length and, of your life. and it was the first and last <laughs> uh i've never been in with him very very cautious out there i respect that yeah, I dangerous do world out there. I Nick. do. I mean, he's the, he's the guy that went to uh, Canada's Wonderland and tried to drive through everybody in the bumper cars. He would avoid all contact. <laughs> just I'm signals like, on in the bumper just, cars. He wouldn't. He would not go near anybody. Guaranteed. <laughs>